0: Hey, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the mcferrin for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we're dedicated to helping entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001.
1: And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998.
0: We got a little story for Ags. If you are involved in entrepreneurship at all in Aggieland, then you know our guest today, Jose Quintana, and Tech A. Class of 1986 is the founder and president of Advent GX, a company that matches Jose's enthusiasm for entrepreneurship around the world by making connections and growing meaningful businesses across the globe.
1: So pass it back and listen up to Jose as he shares some good bolt.
0: Welcome back, Ags. As you can tell, if you're watching this on video, we are in a different location. So first off, I want to say, Jose, thank you for hosting us at this amazing, beautiful location, Grand Stafford, downtown Bryan. Uh, we are in the super cool green room. I guess we're part of the cool club now. But uh, thank you so much, Jose, for having us. Thank you for sharing your story and willing to, to, to introduce yourself and your companies to Aggie Growth Hacks.
2: Thank you very much, Greg. I really appreciate uh, you guys coming to to our historic downtown, our beloved downtown.
0: I think we can get used to this. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe we need to work out a sponsorship deal in the future. Yeah. You know, th- this is a this is a heck of a lot better backdrop than than, than my uh, pictures hanging on my
2: wall. Oh, but no. um, well, and usually we have a a bottle of bourbon, you know, oh. or, or whiskey. And, <laughs> and I forgot to ask, but we can we can pause and then <laughs> scramble and we'll be something.
0: right back, Alex. <laughs> no, just kidding. But seriously, so so Jose, let, let's just jump right into it. You right. you were one of the first entrepreneurs that I met when I came back to Aguiland. About eight years ago now. And you quickly became known in my life and in this area as a serial entrepreneur, someone that loves business, loves empowering entrepreneurs, lifting one another up. And that, that's what's so cool about Aggie Growth Hacks is that we are all about connecting and supporting one another. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial
2: story. As you will notice, I have a heavy accent. I'm originally from Mexico. I've been observing this, you know, a lot of the, the great entrepreneurs, not that I'm great, but a lot of the people that I work with actually come from other countries. And and I think part of that is because we get to really appreciate what we have in our country here in the U.S. And uh, we don't take that for granted, you know, and, and having the liberty, the freedom to Pursue our dreams, and no know, know, knowing that um, you know there, there's not going to be the, the level of corruptions that, that some of us have experienced in the in, in other countries. You know, to to a great extent, uh, you know, justice is served, and, and so you know you have an even uh, even playing field. Everybody has the same opportunities, the same chances, and. Um, and so that's what kind of I think prepared me in some fashion to become an entrepreneur. Uh, but I can, you know, share with you kind of the rest of the story if we have time as we progress in the interview.
0: Well well, how did you how did you jump from being a computer science major mm-hmm. at AM night class of 1986? Correct. So so did you graduate and start your first company?
2: Yes. Uh that was one of my biggest mistakes in my life is is uh, not working for a corporation first. But um I think um, you know, sometimes you have to Take on challenges and convert them into opportunities. So what, what really happened is that I just to kind of give you a brief story of my background. Like coming from Mexico, my intent—I love science and mathematics and and all that. My intent was to come to U.N.M. and play football. I wanted really? to be a linebacker. And and I remember um, our semester in in Mexico ended at the end of the year, calendar year, at that time. So so I came in kind of in, in a very under a very cold weather conditions, and and I didn't know about anything other than usually you just show up and apply to be part of the team. So I show up in, in January and just wanted, you know, walk into into Calfield and say, hey. It's um, all about
0: the 12th man, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just,
2: well, you know, sadly, I, so if I had known that we had a core program, you know, a military uh, program and so on, I would have enrolled. But I, I didn't know all those things. All I know is that I had been, when I was 14 years old, to a football game where the Aggies played UT and the Aggies won. And so, the person that brought me, he was a former athlete and he took me to the, down to the field and introduced me to the coaches. And I remember looking up into the stands and thinking, I have to do whatever it takes, yeah. whatever it takes to <laughs> be back here one day and play football. And uh, I went back to, to Mexico and uh, I enrolled in a two year high school that had uh, to get into that high school. You had to take the SAT. It was very uh, fairly straightforward to get into a and at that point so I, I did that I applied and so I arrived here I think I was 16 and a half years old wow and uh, and and there I was you know by myself and and it was quite a quite a learning experience you know I had to grow up fast especially because my English my English is bad now imagine you know that many years ago I was it was uh, it was a big challenge for me but um yeah so I turned 17 here uh, at am and um I, I was able to enroll in some of the uh science and technology courses because I didn't have the English to really enroll in uh, like history or political science. It was quite a challenge. And so I took, I took all these um, advanced, you know, math and so on, physics, chemistry classes, but then I had to take uh, English as a second language um, at the same time. And the contrast was so interesting. It was a lot of, uh, someday over a beer, I'll tell you how (laughs) funny it was. But um, what that gave me is that, that kind of uh, will to to make my own opportunities while well, I was here because of the support, you know, the university. One of the things we have as a legacy at AM is that we're so welcoming, you know, we're part of a big family. Yes. Um, we're not, to a great extent, we're not segmented into, you know, groups or races. We we're all Aggies, right? And so I, I took that at heart and really leveraged that, the fact that I was part of a bigger family, but I never got to attend like fish camp or those things. So I had to learn about our traditions, you know, right, right? From the start. Well, fast forward. Um, I wanted to kind of have my own money, and and um, I, I took a job at uh, the library, shelving books, and nothing exciting. But man, I was making money. Making money, awesome. Uh, at the same time, I took a job. Uh, I tell people I used to work for the Houston Chronicle, but I was delivering papers, you know, newspapers. At the time, and then um, one of my friends asked me to uh, to partner with him to sell T-shirts as a, as a business. So we pull our money and and uh, sold a ton of T-shirts, and that was kind of my first kind of you know entry into into entrepreneurship. And um, after a lot of different trials like that, when I was a, a senior at AM, I applied only f- to one company for a job. and That was IBM, and uh, IBM gave me. A job offer, so I was so happy about that because IBM in Mexico and worldwide is you know super well known. and right. I thought I have it made, and then about a month before I show up in Houston for my job, I get a call from from uh, their, their HR department, and they told me, Jose, we made a mistake. Uh, you only no. have a two-year uh, work permit. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't have a permanent uh, work visa." No so or permanent you know residency and so i i was just you know when, when i was having that conversation i was you know very polite and say i understand you know but you know in in a year probably going to be you know married or something you never
1: know
2: yeah as <laughs> well we cannot our training program is a, is a two-year program so we cannot really you know move forward with this oh, wow. uh, Anyway, so at that point, I had to make the decision of uh, going back to, to Mexico or stay here and open my own business. And I made a terrible mistake of staying here and opened a computer consulting company to compete against IBM. So <laughs> if, was, if you my, can't my, my, join them, my, beat them. Yeah, my, my life, uh, you know, i uh, will call that life 1.0. <laughs> so I started a consulting company and um, uh, at the beginning it was super hard. I didn't know how to sell. You know, I had a really good, you know, technical skills, you know, computer science, you know, software development. Mathematics, all, all that. I learned accounting because I couldn't afford a bookkeeper. I, le- I learned all these things that I needed to learn, but, but marketing, sales, mm-hmm. those were very tough for me. So I did a lot of free work at a uh, went lab to lab and offered my services. Just tell me, hey, give me the worst, the hardest problem you have. And 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 if I do well, you, you pay me or you hire me back. And that opened the door for computer consulting. I started specializing on a data acquisition from science, science um, scientific instrumentation, basically. 2001, I, I retired from that life and I'm in life 2.0. Love it. Love it. So
1: how did you make the jump from there to now where you're at now, like with GX?
2: So uh, in 2001, right around uh, 9-11, actually I was was a little before them because I was 39 years old. Yeah, I I decided to to just kind of close that part of my life. I kept some clients and so I had revenue, but I was able to spend a ton of time with my kids, go to, I think I went to 95% of the football practices of my son. So my son... You know, at the time, he was uh, 13 years old, maybe 14 years old. And he was like 300 pounds and, uh, you know, right tackle, doing great. So I I went to a lot of his practice. You know, I would take my computer and work. Back then the laptops were huge, you know, and no connectivity, but I was able to kind of do a little bit of work and be be at the football practices, as well as um, I was able to take my my daughter to, you know, uh, horse uh, back riding lessons and spend a lot of time with the kids. And then uh, in 2004, uh, working with the then, vice president for research at AM, Dr. Dick Ewing. He, he passed away, I think, 10 years ago or more. But he asked me to help uh, put together a technology commercialization a strategy because the university had lost a lot of funding from the state and the federal government. And so uh, he wanted to leverage our sponsored research and convert that into, into funding opportunities. So I, I worked pro bono on that. And then he asked me to kind of prime the pump and be one of the first startups to to help technology commercialization so advent gx was born at the a m research park okay kind of as a spin-off yeah we are completely independent now but at the time we had an agreement that the university could acquire a small percentage of our company in exchange for uh, support services
1: interesting okay
2: and it and looking at your website, you've got all sorts of things that
1: that that evan g g x does right and and maybe we can get into that here in a little bit, but one of the things that that I always really really love to figure out right is is how does a m play into that entrepreneurial journey is there one thing that you learned at a m right that helped you with that entrepreneurial journey you know
2: uh, but that, that's a really insightful perspective um that you that you're able to kind of observe that through the different interviews that you have i, I really appreciate you observing that and noticing that. My first company was more of a, hey, I'm going to take the skills I have and, and just try to leverage that to make money. And, and my my objective was very driven initially about surviving. Then after that, about creating value and creating wealth and those type of things. With Advent GX, it was just a different different life, different purpose. Uh, I wanted to be more about community and economic development, about helping others. So the entrepreneurial side is, is very uh, well aligned with those type of values when you're in a supporting Position right. When you are the entrepreneur, man, you need all help you want. But when you are helping other entrepreneurs, it uh, gives you a, a really good advantage to have that perspective and a little bit more more maturity. And you know, having the scars of you know sometimes not sleep, sleeping because you you're not gonna make payroll, you know, and, and and making those hard phone calls to vendors and assigning priorities and, and just 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 making it work, you know, having that that passion and obsession. So the jump into um into Advent GX, it was more about listening to the needs versus listening to my skills, if that makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to 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 see what well, how do we help communities? I, I love small communities and, and I know I knew at the time that there was a big challenge in being able to support small communities mm-hmm. from an economic and community development perspective, because a lot of the tools, a lot of the protocols, big practice, best practices out there are really developed for bigger cities, you know, like yeah. a Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, you know, New York, Chicago, all those. So, so you cannot really apply those same models and help a community that is, you know, 10,000, 15,000 in size, uh, population size. You need to have tools that are very well customized, more pragmatic at times. And the fact that, I don't know if, if you come from a small town, but, um, those places, you know, the, the, the economic development director happens to be the, the chamber uh, president and the main street coordinator and the Rotarian, you know, you have to wear so many hats yeah. that you need to make it easier for them um, because they're, they're not, not everybody stands up or steps up to serve those communities. And mm-hmm. so that seemed like a great opportunity. Uh, as well as a lot of work that I've been doing with the 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 tourism department at UNM uh, I just changed names with back then it was called the recreation parks and tourism sciences uh, department uh now now it integrates hospitality which is like a great addition to to the um to the program because it is I think I think we're going to explode with that or, or we were already the number one I believe humbly uh, as a university the number one ranked uh, institution when it came to tourism research hmm. so you know, I was able to see our backyard, being at the research park at a and yeah. We had, you know, now it's, I don't know, $1.2 billion of yearly, you know, sponsored research budget. Uh, at the time we had, let's say half of that. Mm-hmm. So all the, the human power, all the know-how. So instead of doing a technology commercialization play, it was more of a knowledge or know-how commercialization play. And that's why Alvin GX, uh, a lot of people ask me, Jose, what, what, do you, what do you do? A very easy way to explain that is we do community and economic development. Now we have different components there that, that we'll dive into. We have time, but one of them is, is our technology and business incubator. Okay. We have helped hundreds of companies. We started, uh, the research part, but when we moved to downtown mm-hmm. our incubator, then, then we started to grow with with all these different types of. Uh, we we do not specialize on a vertical like we got, we do have a lot of high tech, you know, medical devices and software, a ton of software companies, but we mm-hmm. also have nonprofits and and cottage industry type of, uh, of of entities because our 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 model is to learn and develop the the tools to support uh, incubators that can be effective in small communities or international places. And now, I mean, gosh, the last 20 years have been amazing. Now we have a lot of international work and I think that's going to be our next uh, kind of where I'm going to be spending a lot of time.
0: So Jose, through your work at Advent GX, you really get to see a lot of different companies Mm -hmm. in different stages, most of them probably relatively early, Mm -hmm. but the entrepreneurs have dry Have passion, have knowledge about doing something, but maybe not business savvy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and and so I I can see how that really relates to you from your, you know, Entrepreneur Mm -hmm. Mm 1.0. What are some of the challenges that you see entrepreneurs consistently having? Mm that Advent GX is helping to build a community to support?
2: You know, I I think when it comes to challenges, uh, a lot of those challenges can be managed by the core values that we advocate, right? But when it comes to handling the stress, you know, that's kind of a different set of avenues that you need to pursue. I personally, you know, for me, faith, uh, my Christian faith really helps me drive or thrive in in that aspect and and tackle on very, very difficult problems because at the end of the day, I know it's not up to me. Uh, It's great to have the best partner in the in the in the universe right at your side uh opening doors closing bad doors it is just very comforting we uh, obviously we serve everybody they don't have to be you know christian faith but they have to have that faith on, on something bigger than themselves because we we're just humans right and that manifests in 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 how you how your community comes around you and helps you and the worst the worst times usually turn into the best times and um kind of go, going back I'm a big believer that culture you know trump's strategy but our strategy development methodology is 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 where we invest a lot of time to be able to to have not only a, a good roadmap that is going to change you know starting right from the start, right? But but having the the fundamental components in a way that it, that that you can dynamically move things around so that if you do, did a, a good job in your research, you know market research, uh, competitive analysis, all those different things, mm-hmm. you know forecasting and all that then you can react pretty fast and adapt. And then on the culture side, uh, yes, that's important, but I, I I also know that the culture has to have a very strong set of fundamental core values, right? And so we have those two sides and then the culture developed. Every company has to have their own culture in a way, yeah. right? And usually that culture is an adaptation of a good set of core values. That's,
0: that, that's interesting that, you know, you could have given a really nerdy entrepreneurial answer to that question, but it was about flexibility. Mm-hmm. It was about core values. It is about building the team. Mm-hmm. I think those are themes that, that we've heard mm-hmm. throughout all of the Aggie Growth Hack yeah. episodes. So so let's dive into your core values. What are the core values that you have that guide you through great
2: times and through tough times? You know, uh, I have personal core values. I make sure that my core values are our company core values. I make sure that to the extent that we can, we use that to filter who we engage with mm-hmm. from a incubation member perspective, vendors, investors, everybody, and, and they're very simple. You just four core values. Uh, three of them are part of the kind of the the, the, the American core value uh, dictionary, and then the last one is something that that uh, comes from a perspective of, uh, in my case, of faith, but, but it doesn't have to be you know, digested that way. So uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share them. Please. with Please. Yeah, um, so our, our first and top core value is integrity and trust. Because without integrity, nothing else matters, you know? You, you cannot really move forward. If, if you engage, associate, or do business with somebody that does not share that, that value, that integrity, that, that uh, key driver, mm-hmm eventually something's going to break and it's going to be very painful. I try to do my best to kind of assess that at every move, at every turn. And and, and I, I try to make sure our team is empowered to do the same. But, you know, we're not infallible. You know, we, we, we sometimes erroneously engage with somebody that doesn't have that attribute. And eventually, you know, that creates a lot of pain for everybody. So that's first and foremost. The second uh, core value that we have is something we call intellectual horsepower. And intellectual horsepower means you know not not only that that you have to really be a self-learner you know a a self self self-driven person to be able to engage in those difficult problem solving uh, instances in your life you have to be able to to have a mechanism where you can cope with the challenges and the acquisition of knowledge simultaneously I don't know if that makes sense but especially for instance just to give you an example within the context of an incubation setting uh, a, a new entrepreneur you know that comes in that really translate not only on, on making sure that that person has the commitment Not he, he's not going to know everything but has a commitment to become the best at, at what he's doing with that vertical and not, you know absorbing and, and seeking enough, and as, as much knowledge as possible to, to get that level of proficiency and, and, and insight. But it also means, more importantly, that you have the obsession to make it work. A lot of uh, our early stage entrepreneurs asked me about work balance. And, and I said, well, you know, work balance is something you need to look at before you select what startup you're going to be in, right? Because um, if you, if you uh, for, for me, work balance is just, just being happy, you know, it doesn't, right. you know. I have my family. I love doing things with our kids, traveling, and all that. So I, I kinda But of,
0: you also have a very entrepreneurial family. I, yeah, I, th- I yeah. think you probably have board meetings over the <laughs> dinner table half the time. It, you know, <laughs> it, it is
2: it is very true. But you know, oddly enough, uh, out of our five kids, really no one wanted to be an entrepreneur because they saw how hard we worked, and they were. And now uh, we have at least two entrepreneurs, uh, and and you know the kids are growing, and that's changing. So that's I'm very proud of them. Anyway. Uh, jump into intellectual horsepower side. So yeah, having that that intensity, dedication, obsession to make things work because it's gonna take much more work and, and you know the passion right to make it work. The, the third core value is business acumen, and I know you're very familiar with that term, but uh, just to to add a little bit more clarity from our perspective is um, being able to understand how actors in a in a model, meaning business, vendors, clients, and so on, all those actors in the, in your in your business model that you develop have to really benefit. And if one of those uh, breaks down and, and dies, if you will, the system breaks, right? So you have to be able to understand that, you know, for, uh, because you, you can become really good at something like uh, McDonald's, you know, they're very good at, at selling and then selling kids food that is probably not good for them and they start getting obese and having problems. So uh, McDonald's actually realized that and they, they they now, I believe, are working on how to to continue to grow their brand and the product line. Without, you know killing your customers uh, Not that they are killing the customers yeah. but you know you know what I mean you have to you just have a, a good understanding of that right how, how how you have to have a truly sustainable business not just from a financial point of view but uh, from from everything else that matters to keep your customers happy healthy and and, and making progress and coming back for more yeah, yeah and, right. and then the, the other the other part of business acumen that we emphasize is how to understand what makes the the, the different um Actors in that model engage with you. How how do you incentivize them? How do you make them realize the value proposition? So it ha, it, ha, it deals a little bit more with the behavioral sciences part of that, but uh, in a way that intersects with the business acumen that a lot of us have innately, perhaps, but a lot of us then still need to learn more about. And then the last one is humbleness and humility. Oh, I love and, that. And and that that is the only one that is not part of our again Fortune 500 US. Uh, dictionary competencies dictionary and i think the reason for that is because sometimes it's seen as as weakness when you see people uh, make it to the top in within big institutions usually they have a very strong character a lot of self confidence and and you know that's great but also i've seen some amazing uh, leaders including you know in our military that are are humble enough to grow their teams to elevate others to develop their their direct reports it's just a, a great great to be witness of that right and and so within the context of of entrepreneurs, which is probably gonna apply to some of the things you you have been doing, is really from a mother Teresa was a a, a Saint, with, within our Catholic faith, uh, she wrote a, a little booklet, and and one page talks about uh, humbleness. Uh, and to be truly humble, you know, you, you just need to know yourself, right? And if you are truly humble, and if somebody gives you praise, you know, somebody tells you, hey, you know, you are the best, you, you are so awesome, and you know, start building you up, either either in, intentionally or just naturally or instinctively. Usually, that happens because they, they they want something from you, right? Not not all the time, but that's. That could be somebody with, with ill or, or, or non-wholesome intent can actually manipulate you that way, yeah, right? Yeah. But if you are truly humble, you really know who you are. And so, so that praise will never cloud your vision. You're never yeah. going to make that bad decision because of that. And, um, you know, entrepreneurs have very high highs and very low lows, right? Yeah. So that really helps us manage that. Specifically, when you receive toxic feedback, criticism, you know, at the same time, because you are truly humble and you truly know yourself and know who you are, that will never kill your spirit, right? So, so that really helps us oh. attenuate that phenomena that we see in very early stage. We, we say that every company, every startup to make it, has to first die three times, <laughs> and so you can just imagine the roller coaster of emotions, right? Yeah, that's right. kidding.
1: Every day, right? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I love that last one. You know, it reminds me of a Pat- Patrick Lencioni. Uh, in his book, and, and he says the ideal team player is humble, hungry, and smart. Right, so that's where that yeah. I love that humble
2: part. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that that's uh, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So let's switch gears a tiny bit here. And one of the one of the things that we ask every entrepreneur right, is, is, you know, what's your vision? What is your, where are you taking your company? What's your, what's your five to 10 year moonshot? Mm-hmm. What is your big, hairy, audacious goal? Mm-hmm. What's your BHAG?
2: You know, uh, so, so being this my, my life 2.0, uh, again, I wanted to have the, the market, the customer base, guide our, our growth. Mm-hmm. And so that's why all of a sudden, you know, we're sitting in, in the oldest building in downtown. Now, heritage preservation is now part of our practice yeah. because um, solving these old, saving these old buildings and open them to the public allows the communities to invest in things that no one can take away from them. And that's their heritage, you know, their Mm -hmm. culture. Uh, And so we need to save. you know, this old building is only 160 years old, let's say. You go to to Europe when you travel, you know, or Washington DC even. Latin America, you know, you're talking about 400 year old buildings, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, or, or structures, and and so we in Texas, I think we we need to we need to get better at at leveraging heritage preservation in support of community development. So we have that practice, we have our incubator, we have our educational track, and so you know it's kind of hard to understand, but but it's um, everything has a, a very specific purpose. You know, we, we're sitting, uh, we, we try to be very smart on how we leverage the efforts that we engage on or with and and so right now we're also sitting at one of the best sound recording studios in 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 the 90 mile rate radius from from here and um and it's so so awesome to be able to to have that contrast of very high tech and very old you know heritage uh, based assets in the same place and 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 then to add to that is the good bourbon or a good scotch yeah. uh, i mean it's just amazing right how you bring those things together so culture a big challenge for community, small communities is attracting talent. So one of the things that we try to do is amplify the 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 uh, presence of intellectually rewarding experiences so that people that are a little bit more on the you know on a, on a different type of lifestyle people that move from you know dallas new york whatever they yeah. have a an outlet yeah to to not only not, not an outlet just to to experience but an outlet to contribute to and and that really is what makes a community strong you know having all the members of the community coming together and working on 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 things that elevate the whole community and um just to to point on um on, on kind of the what's next Right now, we're actually rapidly, but trying to do it in a very measured way, uh, expanding our footprint into other states. We, we have had in the past projects in, you know, in, in Africa, Europe and Latin America, but it's getting really, really uh, more um, kind of tilted to that side. So uh, I think that's going to continue to grow. And, and we are just adding really good, good members to our team in a way that allows us to do so without having too many uh, growing growing pains. And um, just, you know, having that really fundamentally well-structured. Structure package of methodologies and solutions uh, in, in a way that is, uh, very easily transferred to younger uh, individuals younger members of our team and um, but personally you know I'm, I'm already working on my life 3.0 nice and even Good. though i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay fully engaged uh, until until I, I i'm not able to do that i really there's a void there's something that really from a, a an entrepreneurial innovation business development perspective uh, you know we we can support uh, not only us but you know our community can support entrepreneurs with you know, strategy development, uh, marketing communications, you know, fundraising, support, planning, you know, from a financial side, manufacturing, all these different things. Right? But the thing that still, it's a little fuzzy, is, is being able to develop optimum methods to deliver a service or a, or, a, or a product in a way that is more science-based than just instinctively doing that. And that really deals more with behavioral sciences. Yeah. So I've been working for the last, uh, since before COVID, on, on the development of a behavioral sciences research center oh. that, that has two vectors. One, one deals with um, consumer sentiment you know, being able to, to understand that. And uh, so that deals with obviously experimental economics, which is big pra- part of our practice now, and um, and behavioral economics, which also deals with ir- irrational behavior and be able to just understand humans, you know, a little bit better. So that that's my life 3.0. Well, Jose, to be able to have as
0: your BHAG mm-hmm. bridging both our historic, mm-hmm. or the, the history that entrepreneurs communities live in, but then also bringing technology and then doing it in a way that is systematic, that is sustainable mm-hmm. and really pushes economic growth and human growth mm-hmm. it is pretty cool. So thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. And let's pause for a second here as we um, get ready to roll into our lightning round, but let's hear this message from this episode sponsor. Okay, we're back. That was fast. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> uh, Jose, we are Aggie Growth Hacks and you have you have shared so much with us about your history and your passion mm-hmm. for lifting entrepreneurs up. And quite frankly, you know, thank you for being honest about some of the challenges that, that you've had. But all of us have to hack problems. All of us have to overcome them. Mm-hmm. What's one of your favorite personal hacks or, or Book or a podcast or something that we can learn from you. Yeah.
2: So you know, let me talk about books. I have kind of two different set of books. Obviously, something that I I wish I spend more time is reading the Bible, right? Uh, but I have, uh, as you know, my wife. She's she's our, our faith warrior and defender. She's a defender of our faith, hundred percent. And okay. so I'm I'm, uh, I'm I benefit from that, right? You know, the writings of uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas uh, from a philosophical perspective, uh, and uh, you know Saint Augustine, and 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 then some of the the original you know writings. About the great, you know, philosophers of our time. Uh, but as I started to kind of grow into into my faith and and growing to being at ANM, I, I kind of uh, became very passionate about the, the the management side because you know you always crave what you don't have, right? And so had a great. I, I no longer read books. I more, read more like articles and, and and white papers and so on. But Peter Drucker, or pronounce Peter Drucker, is the right pronunciation. He's writing some management his books are amazing and then organizing genius i don't know if you you read it it's it's pretty it's already from the 90s right uh. Uh, but it's such a great set of uh, and th- th- it's just case studies you know case studies but case studies that makes you understand how those uh, you know how you manage that because for us here in our community as you know it's very applicable we have amazing brain power at AM, right yeah so so how do you create those teams how do you manage that, those expectations and oddly enough i have this book that i love but it's very trivial it's, it's called caffeine it's only available in audiobook format it's probably a three-hour listen session but uh you know when you go to the airport in houston you mm-hmm. half and half what was the name uh, of that caffeine. It's the, caffeine the history of coffee and how it probably influ- influenced the the, the uh, age of enlightenment it's, it's a love it. if you like coffee man you have, yeah. to, have to do that <laughs> and obviously now i do a lot of research on uh, bourbon
1: you know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of research. Hands on research. research. Urban.
2: That's right.
1: Okay. So question number two, what is your favorite business hack? Right. This could be a hack. It could be a book. It could be
2: a podcast. What is your favorite hack? You know, um, th- I never share this with anybody, so I don't know if it's crazy or not, but uh, it's when, when I have been working on a, on a big problem Mm-hmm. For days, if not weeks. And then once, once I need to kind of make it click, it's the right. it just feels like the right timing. I, I wait until everybody's asleep. There's no interruptions, no emails coming in. My phone is peaceful. You know, let's see, maybe 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And I just write an email with this prescribed solution in a very succinct fashion, you know, very, very short, short, maybe a page. Patient, I have bullet list and all that, and, and and somehow just clarity comes to mind and all that, and, and and I don't do it often enough because I and I'm getting older and I have to have to sleep, you know, more than three, four hours a night. But um, that is a great tool that I use. To, it's, it's almost like pushing yourself to to the precipice of uh, not, not that I need stress to do that, but what I need I need to really, uh, you know, uh, the Lord gave me that gift of of, of putting myself fabricating that situation for me of being enlightened to to just tackle a, a very big problem. And then I send that to the team that I on real time allocate to that particular project. It, it may yep. be a new startup, it may be and and I, I don't want to brag, but man, so, so those are, are really powerful. Everybody, you know, the next day they start getting those emails saying, oh, this is great. And yes, we're driven and so on and so forth. Yeah. Just just, yeah. just kind of stirring the pot and be being but being distinct yeah. yeah. about yeah. it. And, and being very clear and and mm-hmm. you know clear as clear as you can be within a page, right? Sure. Yeah. I think uh, when it comes to, also to, to business, I don't know if it's a hack, but just naturally or instinctively, I realized that you really need to, to bring people together, creating just memorable experiences to really advance a cause, right? So, so that has been such a gift. And that's why we have the Bourbon Conversation event every yeah. every uh, three months. It's just amazing how that conversation goes. and. The people that have come from not only other cities but other countries to be part of that experience uh, it's, it's a great great little treasure we have here
0: mm-hmm. very the, cool very
2: I mean, well jose what's the best bit of business advice that you've been given and how have you applied it I, i've been given a, a what i will call a moment of, moment of truth type of advice twice or maybe once and then the red this follow-up was called some advice but the first one was one of my clients, he, he was one of the top, I would say one of the top three leadership development gurus in the, in, in the, in the world. I mean, this guy was, uh, I think he's still alive. He, he back then was uh, coaching people like, um, you know, the CEOs of, of uh, Oracle and Novartis, that level of people, right? And, um, and, and and I remember he was my client and we were doing some strategy development work. And after our session, he pulled me aside and, and he, he goes, Jose, I'm, I'm going to help you today. I said, oh, awesome. He goes, Jose, I think, I think you're too uptight. You need to you need to relax a little bit. And I, go, and, I go, and I go. Wow. <laughs> really he goes yeah yeah just you know just, everything is fine just just relax and i go and, and i didn't know how to think about it. you know it, i was i was 29 i was no i was 30 35 years old or something like that so i uh, i went um i went back to my room this was in san francisco i went back to my room and i called my business partner back then he was based out of savannah and and i i, I go hey mate we called mates hey mate um do you think i'm uptight and and he goes oh no you're you're the best don't worry you know you know he kind of made me feel better but i knew i knew that i, yeah. I, I had to work on that and it took me probably 20 years and i'm still working well on I, I think That's i funny. think
0: you don't because if y'all don't know jose i mean like it is he's as cool as a cucumber it, oh. it doesn't matter if the, if the place is burning down around Jose. Is like, like ah, we'll figure it out come on let's, let's go figure it out well thank you for saying right. that well you. you listened well <laughs> and, and then the, the
2: second uh Piece of advice. Very recently, somebody that I admire—he's the father of one of our great entrepreneurs at, at the incubation, at the incubator—he told me, Jose, I want you to know that every morning you have a gift, and 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 for you is 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 being fearless, you know. Because I've always been very very cautious, and you know, I never want to offend people and all that. That day, that that was, you know, again based in 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 our faith. That conversation, you know having, having our, our Lord give you give you that fearless stand in life. I'm not gonna say that I achieved that uh, but I have the faith and sometimes you know especially when you're dealing with heart problems and and and, uh, and when you travel overseas, you really need that. you need that yeah. faith and, and you need to have the trust right. Uh, so those kind of have been my, my, my best uh, piece of advice other than you know growing up my dad, my mom, you know everybody right. Well thank you so much
1: for uh, coming on uh, Jose. How can the Aggie Growth Hack community get in touch with you and support you moving forward?
2: Thank you for, for offering that. Um, you know, just participating on the different events that, that we put together for the community. Well, first of all, get a hold of me is very easy. It's adventgx.com. And um, if you look Jose Quintana locally on Facebook, I'd probably show up. My LinkedIn is my handle is is Jose Quintana, so it's pretty simple. Yeah, just just being able to to attend those events, not not you know, don't do it for me, but do it for for you and your community. We have our, our you know software developers cartel, our uh, bourbon conversations. We have um, you know it's it's called pechacuches, like TED talks um, okay. on on steroids. <laughs> and uh, one of the yearly events that I would love for for our friends to attend is our upcoming town and gown event, and it's in in November. November, mm-hmm. I believe it's the twenty eighth. I'll, I'll I'll send you the actual. Dates. But it's our eighth edition. We, uh, sorry, uh, we don't, we've been doing that for five years, but it is our eighth eighth edition because of COVID and some yeah. other stuff. We kind of had to rearrange, and um, this is where we bring uh, the town. Is obviously the leaders of our community, you know, business leaders, our, our community leaders, uh, law enforcement, everybody from that side, and then our our, ta- our gown. Our gown represents our university. So all the faculty members, researchers, students. So we, we do that. It's a, it's a kind of a limited space event, but every year we honor a, um, an entity at a and Yeah, last year was uh, McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship. They were our, our showcase entity. And this year is going to be the Busco. School. We're honoring them because they just uh, had their uh, big anniversary. And then, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a kind of a dinner and a show, but but we also get to highlight nonprofits. It's not a, it's not a, a fundraising event. Mm-hmm. It's really more of a celebration. Yeah. But we do want to always try to acknowledge those individuals that are doing great for our community. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. And some some people dance, have great music and great food. Jose, thank you so much for coming on. It was really
1: great having you share your knowledge with the Aggie Growth Hack community. Thank you so much for coming
2: on. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, i you're friends from from a long time. and. Seeing you grow has been an amazing journey. You know, it's uh, it's been it's been fun, wasn't it? It's been Absolutely. a lot of fun. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much, Jose. Need thank some you. more bourbon,
1: though. I think. <laughs> yeah, we jumping through that right. Away. Uh, that, that's <laughs> right. <saying> that. <laughs> well, how about that, Ags? Was that some good bull or what? I know that I got a lot out of talking with Jose. What were your favorite uh, things that you took away from that, Greg?
0: Well, uh, I think one of my favorite things was just the setting. Uh, podcast people, sorry, you didn't get to see it, but go check out our, our website, check out the YouTube, YouTube version of our, of our episode talking with Jose. I mean, if, if you've ever been in downtown Brian, yeah. and that's one of the coolest things that Jose and Joan and his team, they've really helped to revitalize downtown Brian, but they've got the Stafford Theater and that has got a kick ass little recording studio up in the back. So if you're ever, if you're ever down there. Check it out. Um, I think that that's, that's number one. Number two is just Jose's passion, not only for entrepreneurship, but for technology. And mm-hmm. and I think that that's really, um, it's not necessarily unique to entrepreneurs, but what I think is so cool is that Jose is constantly thinking about businesses and how do we get better? How do we use technology to to make our lives better, to make better businesses, to make better communities, to make better families? And to, to be able to say, okay, how can we encourage, support, lift up any company that has anything to do with technology, and connect them with other people that that are passionate about technology, and then all, wrap that all up in entrepreneurship? That's, I mean, it's super cool to see him how he does it, and it's just amazing all the ideas that are going on in that ma- that man's mind. It's pretty exciting.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I fully agree, man. You know, and I think that. Well, one I've known Jose for a really, really long time. Like, yeah, I've known him since I came back to Aggie in two thousand one. Right, so that kind of dates how long that I I've known yeah. him. Like and, when
0: when technology was DOS, DOS screens, right? <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Right, no, not that that bad, but but <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> it, he was always the the coolest guy. To you're like, what does he do? I and and you know, no one ever knew what he kind of did, and and. And I loved how uh, he shared his journey with us and, and, and really how, you know, the, the part that really spoke to me the most was how he said, uh, you've got to be humble and you've got to have humility, right, in order to be a good uh, business person. And I think that's that so hits the mark, you know. And I think that knowing your target audience and knowing all of these things and, and serving people is great. And, and that's 100% what all of us entrepreneurs should be doing. But being humble about it is is just so cool to hear that from uh, Jose, and I just really took that away and and that was one of the things that I've read in Patrick Lencioni's book, and I mentioned that I think is is you know the ideal team player, right? The ultimate yeah. team player. I'm not sure what the name of the book is now at the top of my head, but you know he says that you've got to be humble, hungry, and smart, right? That's that's the three things yeah. to be the ideal team player. So that just kind of keys right into that, you know what what Jose said that that you've got to be humble and you've gotta have humility in order to serve other people.
0: Well, Ags, that's gonna do for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. If you're not connected with Jose, do yourself a favor, connect with him. He is He's a man that is passionate about entrepreneurship. Heck, and if you're in Bryan, if, if you have not been back to Bryan in a long time, make sure you go down to Bryan, go to North End of Bryan, go see the beautiful job that he and his team have done on the ice house. That is such an awesome facility and our community is better because of that. If you're not connected with Chris or myself or Aggie Growth Hacks on any of the socials, make sure you do that. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and make sure that you check out AggieGrowthHacks.com where you can hear our previous six seasons of Aggie Growth Hack episodes where we've talked with entrepreneurs, connected entrepreneurs, and, and got to know them and have them share their story.
1: We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head on over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin right now. Well, Ags, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks to gig'em.